This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The United Nations Conference on Sustainable Development is being staged this year to mark two anniversaries, 20 years since the UN Conference on Environment and Development and a decade after the World Summit on Sustainable Development. Governments, the private sector, NGOs and other groups are trying to shape a reduction in poverty, to advance social equity and to ensure environmental protection on an ever more crowded planet. Our coalition government has grabbed a few headlines with the £1 billion prize it's offering to the winner of a contest to make power stations greener by developing carbon capture and storage. Dr Chris Hope says the offer of a million-pound prize to develop a full-scale power station using that technology was tried by the last government without success. He feels a lot more will be required than just one prize for one power station if there's to be a real impact and cut in carbon emissions. A more realistic approach is necessary. The most important thing is to give people the incentives to generate electricity in a clean way rather than in a, a dirty way. And the most important and easiest way of doing that is to make sure that any emissions of greenhouse gases, particularly carbon dioxide, are charged. A price is charged either through a, a carbon dioxide tax, some people call it a climate change tax or a carbon tax, uh, so anybody who emits uh, greenhouse gases has to pay this tax and anybody who generates electricity without emitting greenhouse gases then automatically gets an advantage. And then anybody who is using carbon capture and storage on their power stations would be able to get a rebate on the tax and that would then make them uh, more attractive. A not inconsiderable source of income for the government? Calculations we've done suggest that if you put the uh, climate change tax at roughly the level it should be, which is of the order of £60 for every tonne of carbon dioxide, you would get income of the order of £50 billion a year from doing that. Um, this is about a tenth of the, the total uh, tax revenue that the UK government has, and you'd be able to do wonderful things with it, like uh, reduce income taxes down to 16 pence rather than 20 pence, reduce VAT down to maybe 15% rather than 20% and still have some revenue left over. What practical role can business play in addressing climate change and, and in producing that green economy? Business is key. Uh, businesses are producing energy, they're uh, generating electricity, transforming energy, they're using energy. And therefore what we need to do is make sure that when business is looking for uh, the value for money, uh, in its energy supply and its energy use, uh, the kinds of energy that it ends up using is, uh, is clean and green. Uh, and uh, the way to do that is by making sure that uh, anything that's dirty has a, has a tax on it uh, to recognise the uh, pollution, the damage, the impacts that are being caused by that dirty energy. What do you think are the, the key barriers to uh, successful private sector involvement in general? At the moment, it's, uh, it's to do with, is there really a business case for it? Because if you have no price on dirty energy, if you don't tax the, the, prob- the, the, the pollution that's being caused, then what incentive is there for businesses to go green? Well, there's some small uh, 
public acceptability, benefits and PR and so on. But everything suggests that maybe only 10 or 15% of the population are really motivated strongly to go green if it's not in their own economic best interests. So we need to uh, make sure that we do is make it in people's best interest to to, to go green by uh, making sure that the green sources of energy are the are the cheaper ones. There's a, there's a whole debate around that awareness, isn't there? Public awareness of just how important being green is. Yes, it is not communicated very well. I'm not sure that we need to communicate it uh, because all the research shows that if you want people to change their behaviour, then it's not good to make them feel guilty about what they're doing. It's not good to make this into an issue of right or wrong. Uh, One of the beauties of the economic approach is that instead of it being an issue of right or wrong, it becomes just an issue of more or less. Uh, Should we have more of this sort of energy, less of this sort of energy? And uh, if we, for instance, make it so that... uh, electricity from coal or gas is more expensive and electricity from wind and maybe nuclear power is not so expensive then people will change their uh, change their behavior they will suddenly discover that it's better to buy their electricity from somebody who's supplying it from wind or from nuclear power or from hydro rather than somebody who's supplying it from from coal or gas so you don't necessarily need to be always hitting people over the head, oh, this is the green thing to do, you must do this because it's right for the uh, environment. You just need to make sure that the uh, price signals are lined up so that when people make the decisions in the way they normally do on value for money, the thing that turns out to be the best value for money is the, is the green source of energy. Does, do you think, corporate governance have to change to provide a framework for a more fair and a, a greener economy? Corporations, by and large, are, are run to try and make sure that they generate the right amount of profits for their shareholders in in the long term. And one thing that we have seen is that even some of the largest multinational corporations now, when they're looking at the very long term and wanting to survive for the long term, are beginning to say, oh yes, you know, we really must take uh, environmental issues into account, we really must take climate change issues into account, because it's almost inevitable that at some point there's going to be some financial uh, incentive put upon people to, to go for greener sources of energy. And if we're not ahead of that game, if we're not up on uh, with, that, uh, with that development, then we're going to get left behind and we're going to uh, suffer and our profits are going to suffer. What about those developing countries? What steps have got to be taken to ensure that they gain from the transition to a green economy? Well, the most important thing is that we allow them to continue to develop. Uh, There's still huge pockets of poverty in in, uh, Africa particularly, but also Asia, Latin America. And one of the worst things that we could do is say, well, no, you can't develop your economies now because the environment is is being damaged too much. We've filled up the wastebaskets and we can't allow you to develop. We can't possibly say that to them. So what we have to do is demonstrate to uh, economies like India, China, and, and then Latin America and Africa, that the best way to develop is uh, one that takes account of uh, the earth, takes account of sustainability. And we do that by changing our own uh, systems around, by making sure that we change our, our tax system so that we get quite large amounts of revenue from ecological taxes, primarily climate change taxes, which allow us to reduce taxes on things we want to encourage, like income taxes, and sales taxes or national insurance contributions. We want to encourage people 
uh, to employ uh, uh, workers so that the unemployment rate goes down. We want to encourage people to uh, buy and, and sell goods. And so we want to transform our economy so that we're taxing the bad things that we want to discourage rather than the good things that we want to encourage. And all the modelling that we've done suggests that our economy will then grow faster if we do that. It will grow better than if we uh, don't have these kind of ecological taxes. And then the developing countries will notice that. They will see that the economies grow better if you uh, put the appropriate prices on things like carbon dioxide emissions. And then they will want to do that themselves. We don't have to twist their arm up behind their back and force them to take actions that they don't want to take. They will do it because they see that it will be good for their economy. It will enable them to reduce the chronic under and unemployment that they have in their economies. But we have to do it first. We have to show that it works. Final point, Rio 20 plus the United Nations Conference on Sustainable Development is taking place in June of this year. What do you think it should achieve or will achieve? I'm never convinced that these very large uh, conferences, uh, whether they're Copenhagen or Rio, have a a real uh, effect on the policies that uh, governments follow and therefore the kinds of uh, prices that we face for our energy sources or our other goods and services that we buy. I think they're important because they sort of raise the profile and they're good PR occasions. But the kinds of actions that I think are much more effective in the long run are ones that are taken by either countries or groups of countries who are persuaded of the uh, the rightness of uh, charging climate change taxes and other ecological taxes. They can do it themselves in small uh, groups of countries or individual countries. Their economies grow faster and they uh, form a if you like, a um, demonstration for the rest of the world that this this can work and uh, this is the way forward. Dr Hope, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.